1: intuitive in the angelic realm psychically connect to your soul health and wellness tune in as she brings messages
0: guidance and clarity into your life
2: Hello and welcome to Get Into with Tina Conroy on Blog Talk Radio. I am your host. The phone lines will be open and that number is 516-387-1936. And the chat room is open. To go to the chat room, please go to blogtalkradio.com, find my show, get into with Tina Conroy and you can chat away. So hello everybody and welcome. I am so grateful to be here with you today. It is a gorgeous day here on the East Coast in New York. It is finally feeling like spring. Actually warm. I was out in my car earlier and I had the temptation to put my air conditioning on and went down took down the windows and just enjoyed that as well. So I hope you're having a fantastic, amazing, beautiful day. I am so excited to bring you this series and I am so excited to kick it up. To kick it off with you, the Women Entrepreneur series for the next three months. It was supposed to be two months and I had so many amazing, amazing women that I wanted to feature. So I extended it to May and I couldn't be any happier. I want to tell you a little bit about my guests, but before we do that, like we do every week, I would love for us to center, take a moment, and just take that moment of gratitude. If you can close your eyes, go ahead and close your eyes. Otherwise, take a nice, deep breath in and exhale away. And I just send out blessings for everyone listening the show live and later on the recording as we bring in possibilities to our life. The next few shows, we're talking about possibilities, women, and so many possibilities for empowerment and growth. So with everyone listening, we continue with our intentions of growth and inspiration, and we ask this always for the highest good. And then go ahead and open your eyes if your eyes are closed. Take another breath and exhale away. I'm going to pull one card for our show, the theme of our show. And that card is trust. The card is trust. So we trust ourselves. As women entrepreneurs, sometimes we feel very lonely. And we're going to use that inspiration, our tools and takeaways to trust ourselves, trust our intuition, to really move forward, to bring all our gifts out into the world. So let me tell you about my very special guest, Deirdre O'Connell from Daniel Gale Sotheby's International. As a prominent industry leader and consistent top producer, Deirdre has created a reputation of exceptional customer service, unparalleled to local knowledge and strong managerial skills, that has proven to provide positive outcomes for all of her customers and clients. This outstanding leadership led to her appointment as a member, Daniel Gale Sotheby's International Realties executive team as a general sales manager for the company with regional responsibilities for Western Nassau County and Queens. Deirdre entered the world of real estate in 1991 following a career in public and employee communications for a major insurance company. She founded her own business, Deidre O'Connell Realty, in 2003, with an office in Manhasset. She expanded her operation to the North Fork in 2005. With the opening of an office in Kutchog, Deirdre and her team set themselves apart in real estate through their real estate expertise, professionalism, and attention to personal service. Her successful business was acquired by Daniel Gale Sotheby's International Realty in 2007. Deirdre will be here today to share her top takeaways and tools for women entrepreneurs, sharing what success means to her and how she manages not only her successful business, but creates balance in her family of five and personal life. And without further ado, I'm going to bring Deirdre right on the line.
1: Hi, Hey, Deirdre. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thank you so much for having me be part of this special program that you're putting together.
2: I feel it well, should be an
1: honor, so thank you.
2: You're welcome. And I'm so excited to kick it off with you. I'm so excited for this great day. Thank you. You're so you have, you know, we've met over the last couple of years and, and you have this most I have to tell everybody and the listeners, which if they don't know you personally, truly this amazing energy. You're like a little dynamo. Um you always have this wonderful Uh, energy around you and I know that you have this ability to really lift people up and so that's what I've always been attracted to you and I believe so many other people are so thank you for sharing that and sharing your gifts and not only all that you've done and where you are now but just the person that you are because you really do um like to share that. And I know that there's so many people around you that you manage and support and that support you. So, and thank you for being a woman entrepreneur and really sailing our ship forward to help other women as well.
1: You're more than welcome. Pleasure's mine.
2: (laughs) So maybe we could go back a little bit for the listeners and share with them a little bit from your past, or I always like to say from your childhood, what were you like as a child and what, what did you, you know, what kind of inspirations and intentions or what type of child were you to kind of bring people mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, bring you to where you are today?
1: I, well, I'm the oldest of five children. Uh, my parents are, um, were, were born in Ireland, so they came came to this country very, very young. And um, I think being the oldest, I probably was always the responsible one. Uh, still am probably the responsible one. I grew up in a family where um, work was expected. I think we all worked hard, regardless of, of of what you know. We just did what had to be done. But my mother, um, very um, early on, when we were very young, um, she started. It's just kind of interesting. She started baking pies. So she was she baked beautiful pies, delicious pies, and everyone told her her pies were the best pies. You should sell them. So she decided to bake. Four pies. It took her all day to bake four pies and put them out on a little table in front of our house. I grew up on the east end of Long Island, so it was summertime. That's when everybody's coming up for the summer, and she put them out on the corner, and all four pies sold. And the next day she baked four more pies, and they sold. And within a couple of days she had orders for more pies than she even knew how to make. Um, fast forward, there was a fruit stand in town um, called Wickham's. It's still there in Cutshaw. And they asked her to bake pies for the um, for the stand. And at the end of quite a few years, on a Friday night, we would bake something like 125, 150 pies. Well, that is more than one person could ever do. So it took the entire family to bake pies every week. And I think that was like sort of the beginning of understanding the importance of working together to get to get it done, and also. Um, the importance of family and 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 a very very strong work ethic, and my mother wasn't doing this for self glorification. She was doing it to help my father, who was in financial uh, services. He had a full time job as well, but uh, you know took a, took both of them to to educate five children, send five children through college, and um, so that was that was the beginning. She then later on, she and my father bought a store in in the town of Kutchog, which um, had like a butcher shop and a deli and specialty items like before you could get cheeses and crackers and, and King Collins. Um they had those types of items and again we she moved from the Pies. She graduated from Pies to owning owning the store. So I was probably in in high school and college during this process, during this time and um you know, we were expected to get up every morning. We'd open the store, we closed the store and I think those early lessons of strong work ethic are are really what pushed me forward today. And um so so that was kind of my childhood. What kind of child was I? I probably was a child that always had to wake up and accomplish something, and I'm that kind of adult today. So, um,
2: Wow. So your mom already exude this kind of women, even though she may not have had the word then or, you know, now it's kind of thrown around, entrepreneur, but she really took that possibility and ability and knew her gifts and knew that she could just, you know, start out with two pies and four pies and hundreds of pies and, you know, so she really was, yeah, the first woman entrepreneur in your life to see that women can make a difference and really uh, have your family come together, which is so amazing and have this work ethic that if we all come together and support each other, um, so much can get done, which is, which is so nice of a role model. Mm -hmm. It's really a a beautiful thing. And, and you I have
1: to say, as much as my father had his own job and he worked, you know, he would work nine to five at his job, he would be there on a Friday night baking pies with us or opening the store in the years that we had the store, closing the store, and he'd work all weekend as well. So it really was a complete family um, endeavor.
2: Wow. So nice. I can almost like imagine this small town, you know, out east and, you know, the farm stand and, you know, I'm sure it looks very different mm-hmm. today than than. Yeah, but it's still yes, that yes, nice yes,
1: you know, it, was, it was, it was potato fields in those days. There weren't these beautiful, uh, sort of magical vineyards. Um, they were potato fields, but it, it was. And I'm going to say, with all that said, it was hard work. I mean, there were there weren't cell phones in those days. So what my father used to do when we wouldn't wake up in the morning was he would call the house, and he would just leave the phone off the hook, and the house phone would ring and ring and ring and ring. And so you knew if you answered the phone, the message on the other end was, get your butt out of bed and get up there and get to work.
2: <laughs> That's great. That's great. Right. Because there were no cell phones. It was just, you know, keep ringing and ringing until they get up. Yeah. So yeah. you you mentioned that you were very um, goal-oriented. So did that come yeah. from, Did you? was that something that you feel just came intrinsically that you Every was it something like a daily goal that you woke up and said, you know, what am I going to have my goal today? Or was it, you know, was it like a combination of just seeing all this
1: work? I think it's a combination. I wouldn't say, I mean, I truly believe in goal set goal setting today, like writing your goals. If you don't have your goals written and you don't have a vision of them, you will never get to where you want to be. But I won't say that I had that type of discipline when I was younger, and younger I would even say 10 years ago. Um, I think that I have my, I think my values are what drove me more. And as I got older and graduated into wanting to have my own business, I don't think I was looking to satisfy my own desires as much as I wanted to help my husband, as my mother did, help my husband um, to pl- provide a lifestyle and um, and, to, and give him the support to, to raise because I also have five children to raise our five children and educate our five children. And that really was the goal. I mean, it wasn't so much my own self glorification. It was I wanted to um, help him in in um, providing for our family.
2: Right. So sort of like a almost like history repeating itself a bit, and just learning from that yeah. from your mom, and just kind of coming together.
1: So, so take me to. I never really. An- I never analyzed it that way, but yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like
2: it's. You know, it's interesting when when we kind of have these kind of shows and we get these insights to, you know, the past and then where we are now. So taking a little
1: self-awareness. Thank you. Exactly.
2: Exactly. So take us back a little bit to um, businesses. So I know in 1991 you entered the real estate business. Is that correct? I
1: entered the real estate business in 1991. I had two children. And I was working full time at an insurance company. And, um, my husband, actually, his family had owned a real estate company in Manhasset. And I had begun to look at houses because we weren't living, we were living in Hoboken at the time. And he kept saying to me, you'd be great at real estate. You should get into real estate. And, um, eventually I decided that I, I did want to get into real estate. I thought I could just like show up and, and be hugely successful within a day. But it was 1991, and if anyone knows the history of real estate, the real estate market pretty much crashed after the stock market crashed in 87, and by 1991, we were still adjusting as far as pricing, so the prices of homes were still much higher than... Than what the buyers were willing to, to pay, so I walked into the small real estate office, and we we didn't have computers. We had listing books, and the book was inches and inches thick of properties available to buy, and there were absolutely no no buyers. There were no buyers, and the agents who'd been there, seasoned agents, would just tell stories about how I'd missed it. The eighties had come and gone, and it was over. And um, but I had come from a full time job. I approached real estate as a full-time job. I showed up every day, and I had to stick to it that it took, and against pretty much all odds at that time, I sold one house within my first year and did one rental, and time where very little was selling. So I think I decided I was pretty good at it, uh, but I also knew clearly that it really is a full-time job, and I think a lot of um, people enter into real estate thinking that they like houses, they like pretty things, and it's going to be easy and it's not it's a full time job and i that helped me in being i think fairly successful early on um i did proceed then to have three more children so after the um after i had i had grace my youngest and uh she was a bit of a handful after with so, and they, i had them all within seven years i had um um Pretty much a terrible transaction. It just kind of was awful. It was it was a friend. It was um, disappointing. I, I think my I, I was overwhelmed with, with my children, and I was disillusioned with the business, and I quit. I oh, went cold wow. for me. I, I, I never realized quit. that. Okay. Yep. And I walked away, and um, I proceeded immediately to be the class mother for all of my children to run every. Um, Thing in our school, our parish. I became president of the Junior League. I did everything, but something um, in in a career path. And I then I wanted to do something, but I thought real estate. I decided I was set up with real estate, and I um, got a group of women that I thought were um, had equal goals and wanting to be achievers, and maybe start a business together. And we had a meeting at a friend's house. I had a, a flip chart, and we we brainstormed on different businesses that we could do together. And I think the original meeting there might have been 20 of us. It ended up there were about four of us really trying to do one thing. we thought we could make these um, uh, belts and hair bows for girls and things that, that at that time were kind of in at the gap. We're starting to sell them. And we did all this research. And bottom line is you can't manufacture anything in the United States and make any money. And, um and I decided that that probably wasn't <laughs> wasn't we all decided that wasn't really a good path, and interestingly enough, one by one, each of us went back to what we probably were better at and running away from and um and I think God puts people in your life at at, at the right moment. I had gotten a phone call, and I tell this story all the time from uh a good friend who was also in the real estate office I was in, and his name, he's since passed away, his name's Ed Devlin, and our office that we'd all been part of, Thomas O'Connell and Sons, had been sold to Caldwell Banker, and none of the agents wanted to go to Caldwell Banker. So Ed Devlin called me up and he said, Deirdre, can you meet me at the diner and let's have, I can't remember to say exactly what he said we were going to eat, and we ate it, which was a grilled (laughs) cheese and tomato sandwich and split an order of fries. So we sat and we had this amazing lunch and he's amazing diner lunch and he said to me um he said you're running away from what you're destined to do and um you have all of the characteristics and all of the connections that's nece- necessary to be successful in this business he said you're outgoing you know everyone in town you have five children involved in everything you're destined to be in real estate stop running away from it and um I decided to open my own office that day at the diner. And wow. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it was that easy. I had to come home and of course share with my husband that that I was going to open a real estate office and that I needed, you know, money to do all of this. And um and that's another important thing. I think no matter what you do, you have to have the love and support of your spouse. And he um of course his first words was how much is it going to cost and do you have a business plan? And I said, hmm, good point. I might need a business plan. So I did all this research on how to um, how to write a business plan and what elements you need in a business plan and, uh, you know, priced everything out from the phone system to administrative staff to furniture, um, at the cost to join MLS and LIBOR. And, I, you know, I, so I rounded down so I wouldn't scare him, of course, and thought that, Six months of operating expenses would be enough, although any book will tell you you need more. And um, and 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 did it. I Basically, just opened the office, and it was um, it was destiny. It was meant to be. And I was very fortunate that I had just a, a few agents left from the old business, as well as a number that jumped in and started from scratch. And we were also very fortunate at this time the market had shifted the other way, and we were riding we were riding a hot market and very quickly did set ourselves apart and I think we set ourselves apart because we were young at that time I was young <laughs> we were i was in my thirties and we were hard working and we were um uh i, I yeah we were hard working service oriented and and it was great. And I then grew up on the eastern end of Long Island. So two years later, I opened up an office in Kutchog because I had people from Manhattan that wanted to buy out there. And the um at that time, very few of the firms were on MLS. Now they're all on MLS. And they wouldn't co-broke with me. So I listed and sold a house out there. And I took the commission money and invested in opening a second office on the North Fork, which is kind of how I met Daniel Gale because they wanted to expand out to the east end and – I uh, wanted some local expertise in that area, and I, um, so in 2007, sold, sold sold my business and partnered with them on the East End and helped them open a good number of offices, four offices really, and uh, that was the beginning. But the, so there were some important things that occurred during that time. I um, enjoyed owning my own business. I enjoyed being a sole owner and operator, but I had to also listen to the people that I was leading, and they were amazing they were doing incredible business they were getting opportunities that um that were based on themselves and us as a team but they were losing some of them because there was a perception that you needed a brand you needed something that was bigger than local and um they were getting frustrated and i i felt responsible for them so while this you know I was chatting to Daniel Gale. I was also looking to see if there was another brand in the market that would speak to our marketplace that maybe I could buy a franchise, um, but there really was nothing that 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 was um, in keeping with the caliber of the of the properties that we were representing and things like that. So I concluded that Daniel Gale was our best option and was our absolutely our best option. It's the most incredible company. It does have um, this family feel that I had and want and love Um, being owned and Daniel Gale is owned and operated on Long Island and Pat Peterson's the president and CEO that she is an amazing entrepreneur you should actually have her on your show one day as well Um, and and yet and yet we have this 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 um, connection with Sotheby's which brings us around the world so I listen to the needs of of the agents and who are my colleagues and friends and I put their needs um, I won't say above mine, but at least I understood their needs first. And I think if you do that then you have to be successful because if you're only trying to satisfy your own needs and your own ego, um, that is um I don't I don't think that's the recipe for success. At least it wouldn't have been for me. Um, so that's that's sort of the journey in a nutshell.
2: Wow, and so now to present day, you have. I know you're in, you you manage Manhasset office. So you have how many people do you manage, Deirdre? Or are you yeah, overseeing yeah. your in the
1: Manhattan office? Oh, I I don't know. I don't know the total. The company we have about 800 agents. Uh oh, so okay. I do have some influence over all of them. Uh, but day to day, I manage the Manhasset office, which is a large office. We probably have about 60 some odd. Uh, active agents and a few other additional ma- uh licenses. I oversee um uh Queens, well all the western offices really, all the western offices and I am on the um I'm uh general sales manager for the company, so I'm on the, our strategic planning committee and our executive committee and um and yeah. And I just think I have a fairly good job, I think. I've a lot of jobs oh, you anyway. Have-
2: yeah, you have a pretty big job. I, I pretty much know you have a pretty big job, job. whatever I – but I have to say you're always – you're very – as much as you're, you have all this wonderful, amazing energy, which I think, you know, people relate to that, which is so wonderful, and you're upbeat, you're positive, you know, you're really able to kind of – the one thing that I can say, and, and I'm obviously not in the business, is this envisioning. So, you know, you've kind of – as I listen to you speak, you're talking about – Divine timing and what felt good and intuition and listening, and you know yes, you've gone through the ups and downs and when the real estate market wasn't so great, and then it came back, but it you still stayed with the common thread of you know what made sense, what felt good and and you kind of you know a lot of it was going with your gut you know and then feeling like you know taking those risks also because a lot of women you know sometimes i'll get people they want to start a business or they want to do something, but they they don't make that step because they're so afraid. And, you know, I love that idea and that that memory that you had about a few powerful women or your friends that you got together and you were thinking about creating businesses. And, you know, I don't know if you know the term for that, but now they call it mastermind, right? They get a bunch of women Mm -hmm. in a room or anyone and they say, you know, let's have a mastermind. And I know some business groups. Um, especially women entrepreneur business groups that they'll get together their top you know top people and just once a week they'll they'll kind of brainstorm or the blue sky and they'll have these masterminds to kind of help each other with their inspiration and their goals and their intentions and you were already doing that you know way you know way before it was even called a mastermind um, How do you keep the inspiration so you you have you have yourself and do you still write goals for yourself, and do you help the your uh, the people on your team? Do you how do you kind of pump them up? What's your yeah. What, yeah? What's your go-to?
1: It's interesting. We um for the Manhattan office, for instance. Well, for goals, I absolutely um suggest strongly to all the agents that they have goals. I have them present goals to me annually. I have goals that I write for myself as an executive team. We do our annual goals and, um, and that's for the whole company. So I participate in that because if you don't have a roadmap, if you don't have, um, if you don't know where you're, where you want to go, you're never going to end up there. And I often say to the agents, um, you, anybody can sell a house now and again. I and mean, you know, we all know enough people that you could sell a house, um, maybe once a year, twice a year. But if you want to make a living at this, if you want to consistently, um, you know be a consistent uh, successful real estate agent it's not by accident it has to be by purpose and if it's not on purpose if you're not just doing on purpose real estate then um, you're just ha- you're just dabbling in it and it, it, it's a part it, it, it's like a pastime and you're not doing yourself any favor and you're not doing your customers and clients any favor so um, goals are, are important in any business I think especially important in real estate um, and how do I keep people motivated I I love to be motivated so I think I tune into hearing what other people are doing around me, maybe in other industries, and, um, you know, I I love listening to your motivational things. So I, I'm tuned into it myself. Um and for instance today we had a meeting in, in the Manhasset office and it was um we did the um disk analysis for personalities because I thought it was important for the agents to understand who they were and who they were sitting across the table from so that they could better communicate um and better um understand uh, the needs of their buyers and sellers so i think that that helps them grow and if they're continuously growing um they're going to be they're just going to be better at what they do and they're going to be more enthusiastic and they're going to be happier and happier people do ha- are, are more successful Right, I
2: I I completely agree, and I give you a lot of credit. I have I was always so fortunate when I did some of the meditations for the groups, and I know on a larger scale when you had that, was it a regional or some type of meeting? I know you had the larger meditation, but bringing in the resources for your um, for your team and allowing them to have you know you you know that self self-improvement and learning and all of that is so deep and if you have that in your culture and you have that from from someone that really supports you you know that leadership quality you're creating that you know inner work that you're always striving right we're always you know I know for myself and I think you're similar to me in the sense that you know what you know what's what books are you reading and how can you share that with your team and you know you know mindfulness or meditation and for you doing this um today with your meeting with with everybody and doing these assessments it it makes everybody just a better person because it comes from the inside and then they can grow that into their personal life and take that into their business life so you know you bring something really special to the table to to really allow everybody to to kind of find all these these kind of specialties these self improvement or you know really work within themselves do you have any um, on the top of your head and if you have any particular books that you like or share with someone that, you know, that maybe just gives some courage or even, you know, even maybe women or just in general for business that you would, you know, share with anybody, with um, the listeners? Yeah,
1: the book that I most recently read, I guess that's the easiest one to talk about since I just recently read it, um, was Never Eat Alone um, by Keith Barazzi. And... Um, I thought it was really good because there's so many different topics in it, but um, it's really about networking and about the importance of the people that you – and networking isn't an accidental process either. I think that's one of his important messages, that people think because they show up at a conference that they're networking. And, um, you know, you have to show up at a conference almost with goals and, and with goals. You have to have goals. You have to know who you want to meet, why you want to meet them, and why it's beneficial to you and why it's beneficial to them but um he also um speaks about um you are the people with whom you interact and um so you know kind of like if you interact with the drug addict on the corner you're most likely a drug addict on the corner um but if you interact with um successful people you will probably will be successful if you interact with happy people you'll probably be happy and um yeah, I thought it was. I think it's a it's a great read. I am a little tiny bit of it. He goes on a little bit too much about himself for me, but I sort of fast read past that. And although parts of his life are are incredible, I mean, he grew up not not wealthy at all. Um, in fact, quite quite the opposite, and um, overcame a lot of obstacles. But um, but a good read, really good book.
2: And that's called Never Eat Alone. Yes, yeah. is that okay? Good. Yeah, I, there's, it's amazing how you talked about that because when you surround yourself, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to botch up the, the whole quote, but there's a quote that says, um, uh, it's going to, I'm going to forget it, but it's basically the same idea. Notice who you surround yourself with because, you know, the people that you surround yourself with is the people you become, right? So it's the same thing. Yeah. That's why we always, you know, tell our talk to our children and notice notice the people that you're with. Um, especially in a work environment. I mean, if you think about work environment, we're more in work than sometimes our home. I mean, for the most part, there's hours in our workplace. And if our workplace is negative, depressing, downers, um, victims, you know, all of that, it just drags you down. It drags your energy down and it doesn't pull you up. But if you surround yourself with people that are happy, um, you know, hopeful, full of possibilities, encouraging you, supporting you, I mean, there's a big difference, and and I've noticed that even coming into the office and being around you and your team, how that's just the the feeling, that's just the sense of that.
1: Well, I also, it's not like a normal office. I mean, we're this these are independent contractors, salespeople, uh, real estate salespeople are not employees. They don't make any money if they don't if they don't uh, sell something, number one. They have no requirements to be in the office because uh, they're independent contractors. So. If I can't create an environment that is um that they find fulfilling, that they find happy, uplifting, um, and, and and beneficial to them as a person as well as a professional, um, they can do pretty much everything they need to do at home. I think they do it better if they're in the office. I don't mean better, like skillfully better, but I think they do it better, um, in a happier place. I think they're exposed to more of what the, the beat of the market when they're all together because they're coming in from from showings and meeting with sellers and um, negotiating and they're coming in and they're sharing that with each other and while while they're sharing it we're all learning from their experience so if I can't keep them in the office then there's a void there's there's information sharing that's not occurring and I'm not going to say that I do it to keep them in the office I think I do it naturally because I enjoy I love people actually I won't even say I enjoy it I love people and I love interacting with them and I and I and I love seeing them be successful. I love having an influence on, on, on their success. Um, so atmosphere in the office is extremely important. And I think another thing which we do pretty well, and you've been a participant in it, is we try to um, have things that are outside of work that um, that are bonding and fulfilling at the same time. For instance, we do our yoga nights, which we kind of got away from, but I'm so excited that we have one booked for this month. I'm I know. I'm very excited. And you've got a round of applause. <laughs> um, but it's healthy and it's fun and it's um, and it's bonding, and I think that that that's really important and 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 um, so we and we continuously try to do those things and it it I I think it's it is part of the recipe for our success so it, it's it's working.
2: Right. Oh, it's definitely working. And, you know, those yoga, the yoga nights, and even though we got away from a little bit and the different events that you've done, I know you've done different soul cycle or yoga events or things like that. You're not only you're, you know, it's like you're, you're happy and you're healthy and you're doing fun things as well. Other, you know, all these things are fun, but you're creating a bond. You're creating, um, getting outside of the office, getting outside of the day to day selling. And, you know, I mean, Hey, you guys have a stressful job, you know, like you have to work really hard, but to keep the air about it in the office and the atmosphere and to encourage each other, it's um it's always nice to have that the other the other possibilities of of bonding and keeping everybody together. Um so we have like the last couple of minutes of the show left. So I wanna ask you, um, for for all the women entrepreneurs that are listening, some are in obviously many different um industries, but across the board um, even if they're starting out or they've been in business a while, what are some of the tools or takeaways that you could share with them that has helped you?
1: Um, takeaways. I think you, you you did sort of mention it earlier. I mean, I do think that you have to um, take that leap of faith. Um, you have to, but you have to back it up with, with, with some logic. Uh, but it is truly a leap of faith initially if you're going to um try anything um and you have to work re- very very hard um and i you absolutely have to put the um needs of others before your own um if you're going to lead a group I and mean, you have to you have to satisfy your you, not to the point that that you're you're missing the end goal but you have you have to be able to um and you know, have to create a vision. You have to create a vision mm-hmm. that they all that that you all as a group buy into and and drive towards. And if you can do that, um, you're you're unstoppable. Uh, but you also have to continuously tweak your vision to reflect um, to reflect the needs of the group. And um, yeah, so it's tools, tools is the, is the word that I guess I'm kind of hung up on. What are the tools? Like tools to me are are, are, are I guess, um, I mean, like setting goals and things like that. Is that what, you, what, what, what you're um, thinking? Yeah, it could
2: be. It could be anything. It could be tools of, like, you know, from systematically a business planner. It could be tools of, you know, I journal every day or I meditate every day or I, um, you know, uh, you know, just like personal tools okay. that help you kind of yep. move forward. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't say um, I meditate every day. I I would love to meditate every day. I have um I I I have an incredible obligation and commitment to my family. So I think I wake up every day very um thankful and grateful for them, and it's with them in my heart that I show up at work um energized and and ready for the day. And I I look at my work as my second family and I treat everyone as if they are my family and I um and I give to the, I give to them as I would my family so I I, I don't know that's that's helpful but that's, no, that's, that's kind of how I wake up every day
2: <laughs> No I think that's I think that's wonderful I mean so many times I mean I was going to get into that I know you have five children and so the bouncing of life and the bouncing of your your family life and the bouncing of work I mean um but that's just a beautiful sentiment to to who you are that you're able you know to wake up and have your workspace be your second family and treat everybody um you know evenly and and respectfully and 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 all of that, so it sounds like you you know I guess we're always working towards a balanced life right, so I know that I'm sure there are times where it feels unbalanced and then you come back but I know how much that you share with your children and what's important to you. You, I, you know, it's. It seems like you have the the right, you know, what's important to you is really. Um, you make the time. You take the commitment, and you make the time. So that's really great. Yeah.
1: So I get that question all the time. So how do you balance your yes. work and your family? And, yes. I, you know, people give all these strategies of how they balance it, and I'm like, oh, I do a really bad job of that. I will say that. Um, When my children, all my children are now, um, I have three in college and two out of college, so right now I don't have anyone at home except for my husband and my two dogs. Um, But I, when they were younger, I kind of feel like I integrated them. And when they're around, if we have an event at the office, as you've seen, Tina, the girls are there. I want them there shopping and doing their Intel card readings with you. And um, (laughs) when we had parades, I'd have them out handing out the, the flags. And I had them baking cookies for open houses for the agents and I felt like I wanted them to be part of it, and perhaps maybe um, a little bit of that is similar to um, to me being part of my parents' business. I don't know.
2: Nice, really nice. Yeah, yeah, and I love I've always loved meeting the girls, and they're always so excited to uh, on those vendor nights. I love those nights you have. What you have them twice a year, right? You do like fall and winter. Yep, yeah, we I, have yeah, them one right.
1: before Mother's Day and one before Thanksgiving.
2: Great, I love that. So before we wrap up, anything you want to share with the listeners and then just give everybody your contact information and um, just anything you want to share overall? We have like the last, you know, four or five minutes. How to contact you or? I, you know,
1: I think that you just have to, um, you have to, I look at myself and I think I kind of ran away for a few years from what I was actually really good at, which was selling real estate. And when I analyzed why I ran away, I ran away because other people – um, I was letting other people affect my, how I felt. I had mm-hmm. other people um, were were I, I was hurt by a friend. I was disappointed in the way my my owner at the time had 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 interacted with me, and really had nothing to do with me and what my goals were or my vision for myself was. And when I reentered real estate, I reentered real estate focused on being the best I could be for myself, for my agents, for my buyers, for my sellers. And um, I think no matter what you do, if you're focused on what you want out of it, and not what, effect, and, and then other people can't impact you as much as, mm-hmm. as as they can if you're not really sure why you're doing it. So that's my sort of words of wisdom, and um, and I wish everyone well. I mean, it's it's there's, there's a world of opportunity out there. You just have to find your spot. And, I love um, that. My contact information. Any uh, you can email me, text me. You can ask me questions. Whatever whatever I can do to help. Uh, my email is Deirdre O'Connell, D-E-I-R-D-R-E O'Connell, O-C-O-N-N-E-L-L, at com, And my cell is 516-532-9736. Great.
2: Well, thank you so much. I love that. I love that last words of wisdom. It's um, just a really great, you know, closing remarks, and I love it. And um, you just keep shining your light into... All around, into not only your own self and your family, but into your office and into really, you know, people's homes. I mean, how wonderful is that? I mean, to be able to share as much as it's—it's all the work that you put into allowing people to have the home and to feel good, and that's—that's a really wonderful thing. So you're creating lots of history, lots of memories for so many people. So. Thank you for always. Um, thank you for being my first guest on the Woman Entrepreneur Series. I'm so oh, glad to take it so off with you. I'm so honored
1: to be here. Thank you. Thank you. It was awesome. All right.
2: And um, thanks so much. Have a fantastic day. All right. Thanks, Tina. Bye. bye okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Well everyone that was absolutely fantastic. I always say this that the time goes way way too fast. I was loving to just kick it off with Deirdre O'Connell from Daniel Gal Sotheby's. She had so many words of wisdom. I love um the book that she just read so that was Never Eat Alone and so we have a little insight from that and always just really inspired and using that we always talk about how we fill ourselves with people around us and isn't that the truth so notice the people are around you notice how are those the people that you want to spend your time with and how can you make a difference create this environment and create this wonderful experience of just lifting other people up for the most amazing women entrepreneurs we are authentic and when we are authentic we are able to lift each other up so gone are the days where we could be competitive with other women it is time to lift each other up to help each other with our inspirations and our successes and I want to share with you one last quote by Louisa May Alcott I am not afraid of storms for I am learning how to sail my ship May you all sail your ship into beautiful, beautiful waters and many possibilities ahead. Namaste.